0: Welcome to The Appetite, a podcast that asks for more from life in relation to food, body, and mental health. We are clinicians from OPAL Food and Body Wisdom, an eating disorder treatment center in Seattle, Washington. I'm your host, Carter Umhow, and I'm joined by the OPAL founders. Dr. Lexi Giblin. Cara Bazzi, Julie Church. In the next three episodes, we're exploring the three main lenses through which OPAL does work with eating disorders. Therapy, food, and movement. Today's episode zooms into the evidence-based treatment at the heart of Opal's work, radically open dialectical behavioral therapy. You'll hear us refer to it in this episode as both RODBT and simply RO. Dr. Lexi Giblin, who has been trained under the creator of RODBT, Dr. Thomas Lynch, will be our point person today as we explore what it means to be radically open and how understanding our basic temperament might lead us into a more emotionally connected life.
1: Lexi, there's like so few people in the world that could do what you're going to do. So just be confident. I believe in you. I want you to know that. <laughs> and Dr. Lynch, watch out.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: okay, so
0: today we're going to be talking about RODBT, radically open dialectical behavioral therapy. Uh-huh. And I am Carter Umhau. I'm a writer, therapist, and artist. And let's introduce everyone else.
3: And I'm Dr. Lexi Giblin, and I'm executive director and
2: a psychologist at OPAL and a co-founder. <laughs> and I'm Kara Bazzi, licensed marriage and family therapist, co-founder of OPAL and clinical director.
1: Lastly, I'm Julie Church, registered dietitian, nutrition director, community relations director, and co-founder with Lexi and Kara of OPAL. Awesome. So
0: it's hard to just say RODBT and for people to know what that is. Mm-hmm. It's a new treatment. Mm-hmm. Um, Lexi, can you explain what that is, what it stands for? Mm-hmm. I sort of spelled it out, but yeah. piece it together for yeah.
3: us. So it's based on uh, Dr. Thomas Lynch's research of uh, about 20 years. So Mm -hmm. it's a new evidence-based treatment for disorders of over-control, which include anorexia, chronic depression, and major um, chronic depression and and anxiety disorders Mm -hmm. as well. Mm -hmm. And I want to give a shout out to Erica Smith, who is Dr. Lynch's wife and has played a really vital support role in the development of this treatment. So, yeah. So
0: why why does there need to be a treatment specifically for overcontrolled people? What does that yeah. mean? Yeah,
3: yeah. It's a great it's a it's a great question because um, we had at Opal been using dialectical behavioral therapy as um, one of our modalities, and dialectical behavioral therapy, um, Dr. Marsha Linehan's work, is a treatment for disorders of under control, mm-hmm. and. Um, that treatment um, is directed towards behaviors um, of inhibition, mm-hmm. and it turns out that most of our clients at Opal are quite overcontrolled. I would say, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, we haven't done the numbers, but I would say, you know, eighty percent or so of our clients mm-hmm. are on the more overcontrolled side. Um, and so, when we found out, when we learned that there was a treatment, an evidence-based treatment that was geared towards overcontrol. We couldn't we couldn't pass up really diving in deeply and learning about it because you know Julie Karen and I and the rest of the eating disorder treatment community had been um, treating eating disorders based in intuition more than what the, the literature the research was telling us. So there was no real um, research base to the work we were doing and so along comes RODBT, with an evidence base and we are we're just jumping in excitement because we now have a theory to lean into mm-hmm. that actually has been proven to be effective for the people that we treat.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So did people typically like the people that you were using DBT mm-hmm. do you think that they would have called their clients all under controlled or has it just been kind of the norm that yeah. people typically within therapy are treating like emotional dysregulation?
3: Yeah. I mean, I, my sense of it is that before this, we were just, we were, we weren't really thinking in terms of OC, over control and under control. Mm -hmm. And so it was, it was more, well, does that make sense for this client? But not really thinking so much in terms of, of temperament so much. Mm -hmm. Um, so Mm -hmm. it's just, it's a, it's another, it's just another way of, um, making sense of the disorders that we're seeing. So.
2: And Lexi, for the listeners, how would you describe over control yeah. and under control in yeah. more layman's terms?
3: Yeah, that's a great question. So um, and a person who's under control is more dramatic and erratic, um, has more high reward sensitivity, low inhibitory control, Um, is more mood-dependent, so is maybe will do things based on how they're feeling and what they're wanting to do based on any rules or plans they might have. Mm -hmm. Um, They have more um, chaotic kind of relationships, Um, and this under control would be more associated with borderline personality disorder, for example. And over control is the opposite in a lot of ways in that it is really – too much of a good thing mm. it's 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 self-control gone gone awry or gone amuck, <laughs> mm. <laughs> where the person is um is inhibited emotionally um can delay gratification um, plans ahead has um difficulty relinquishing control mm. so mm. this as you guys as we're talking about the podcast and talking about how you might want to do it differently than what was in my head i had to kind of mm flexibly control my urges to make it go the way that I thought it was gonna go. So I could feel my o- my over control come up because it was I had a kind of a, a script in my head and I had to do my own adjustment. Um, but over control is it's associated with so- social isolation because the the idea, the issue is that these over controlled tendencies get in the way of social connection, of really True intimacy with others. So the plan is more important than the the connection with the other person, um, and uh, the person with overcontrol. To say a little bit more is that they tend to be really serious about life. They take life very seriously. They work extremely hard. Um, they have high personal standards, lots of perfectionism, um, and they will they'll they'll sacrifice. They're sacrificial. Um, in an effort to reach their goals mm-hmm. so it's I
1: like a lot of those qualities. Yes. I think that's partially why we're here today yes. I think we have some of those yes, yes.
2: I think we're and we're it gets rewarded a lot me. in society yeah. Yeah. right yeah this sounds so incredibly... the listener might be thinking what's wrong with that yeah you know it, <laughs> it sounds incredibly American yeah mm-hmm. right I
0: mean yes that sounds incredibly American mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> I was saying before we started recording today that this is something that I'm constantly trying to figure out. Am I OC? Am I UC? Am I? I have no idea. Putting it that clearly feels like that. those things sound very foreign to me in mm-hmm. some ways, right? Mm-hmm. So, but it's the more organized, more sacrificial um, of self, of mood,
3: kind of both those things in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's another way of thinking about it is um, asking inner feelings. And when we mask our inner feelings, uh, we have a hard time connecting. Because if you don't, if I don't share with you how I'm feeling today, then how do we connect on a true, intimate level? So then, if you if you inhibit your emotional expression and you don't share your vulnerability, you might you may find yourself quite lonely because mm-hmm. you're never really touching base about what really matters for you and what you're feeling mm-hmm. in any given moment.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: So yes, all the the organization the. Pattern recognition is another aspect of over-control. Those are important parts, but it's really the, the part that really gets folks in trouble who mm-hmm. are OC is, is the, the emotional loneliness part and
2: mm-hmm. the difficulty connecting. Mm-hmm. Um, is and, and I would imagine, and this is true of our clients and I think just when I think of personal life too, is a lot of um, fear around sharing that inner world uh, that it's going to be met with rejection. Mm-hmm. So it might, yeah. even if there's desire for more connection, I think a lot of us and me included can be scared of being rejected. Mm-hmm. So
3: it's such a good point, right? Because um, if you're OC, you tend to be more risk averse. Mm-hmm. And a lot of what we do socially um, is taking risks. Mm-hmm. You know, sharing yourself is, is a risk. And there's the fear of, of what will happen if mm-hmm. I share myself. Mm-hmm. But what happens if you don't take a risk? Right you know, in your life, either interpersonally Mm -hmm. or in other ways, um, you have to take a risk to learn. Mm
0: -hmm.
3: And so if you don't, if you chronically do not take risks in life, will you learn? Mm -hmm. Mm
0: -hmm. I find it always surprising in some ways, or at least particularly when I first heard about RODBT, to think about, like, depression as an issue of Mm over-control in particular. Mm -hmm. Um, I think there's some stereotype of someone having not enough control, Right. So they're not wanting to get out of bed in the morning. That's maybe mm-hmm. I, I I mean, the the kind of more rude word, way to put it would be that someone's like kind of dragging their feet. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, someone that's not very aware of mental health issues would maybe think that it was out of lack of control rather or than laziness. Control. Right. Yeah. Laziness. Um, too much emotion. They mm-hmm. can't not get not enough willpower. Right. All these different things mm-hmm. that seem really opposite to me. Um than thinking about them as actually being over controlled, can you explain how you would conceptualize that? Yeah, yeah, how that's well, actually over controlled.
3: Um, with with chronic depression, uh, that's what we're seeing is more associated with um, over control. So mm-hmm. people who really have tried to pull themselves out of depression to stay stay in it, um, they they if you're over controlled, you will have a lower reward sensitivity. Um, so, great, th- good things don't feel as good for a person who's mm-hmm. OC as um, a person who's on the UC side. So, getting out of the bed, getting out of bed in the morning, won't be as rewarding. They're not as reward sensitive, mm-hmm. and they're at the same time that they're uh, they have low reward sensitivity. They're they're highly they're high they have high threat sensitivity. So, they're anxious about getting about what might happen. Um, they 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 walk into a rose garden and they tend to see the thorns mm. like, temperamentally they'll tend mm-hmm. to see see the difficulty the, the problems um, rather than the beauty of the of the rose so again so, yeah.
0: like the the brain that is constantly making patterns constantly trying to assess kind of their surroundings is now over functioning only really seeing the problems in a way
3: Yeah. Well, they're, they're, they're temperamentally just not as, as wired. They're, they're more vulnerable to Mm -hmm. avoiding, you know, threatening situations, Mm -hmm. um, because of their temperament. Mm.
2: Yeah. And I know we have a debate at Opal about whether that's kind of nature versus nurture. Is somebody wired that way from birth or is that something that's, um, you know, developed through childhood and through family of origin issues? Yeah. Can you speak
3: to that? Yes, I can. <laughs> <laughs> so one of the things that people will talk about um, at OPAL and beyond, I'm sure, um, is, you know, I am biologically um, OC, but my environment is, or I'm, I'm biologically UC, uh, yeah. and then my environment has created mm. an OC monster. <laughs> 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 and what and when we think about the um, biosocial theory of over control, we think of three different prongs and those include nature mm-hmm. and nurture. Mm-hmm. And so we aren't, um, just thinking about, we're not just thinking about, um, nature only. Mm-hmm. Um, so someone can, um, be so, a per, so l- can I just speak to mm-hmm. those a little bit? Totally. So maybe, so nature, nurture and coping are, mm-hmm. is the biosocial model. So nature refers to, um, the OC temperament. So high detail attention, perfectionism, um, threat sensitivity, and then take a person who is of that biological nature and put them in a nurture and an environment where, um, they, where perfectionism, perfectionism is rewarded. High achievement is, is rewarded. Um, Self-control is rewarded. So both in the family of origin or Mm -hmm. in, um, in societally, um, or on athletic teams, Mm -hmm. um, you know, so then, and then, so a person who has that nature and then that nurture will cope by, Thoughts on that, mm. right? I mean, what would you do? What I mean, maybe what did we do? <laughs> I mean, yeah. we shouldn't Get remove, we shouldn't remove myself from the mm-hmm. matter. <laughs> but coping um, by, of course, masking inner feelings. I mean, it, it was mm. for for the reasons um, stated. You know, it's, it's it's risky if you're growing up in a and when it said and it, when it say, um, don't let them see you sweat. Mm-hmm. Um, or nurture. don't pull yourself up by your bootstraps. Pull yourself, yes. Right. So you would mask your inner feelings, avoid risks, cope mm-hmm. by not standing out, mm-hmm. um, being more aloof and cautious. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And exactly. so for those are, those coping styles make sense mm-hmm. given that, that nature and nurture.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. So and I, then guess, I think, yeah.
2: yeah. And then I also just think of the, let's see the nature side, um, of even, like, in our family system, there's a lot of, you know, as a therapist, I'm definitely asking my daughters how they're feeling and wanting to know about their internal world, and yet I have a majorly OC 10-year-old um, that definitely comes from, I can see more from the na- the nature side, mm-hmm. um, even when she has an environment that's, mm-hmm. that's asking to see her inner world. Right. Yeah.
3: Right. So she has a nature... Of OC and then maybe a nurture of more freedom and more flexibility, which will probably serve her quite well in in the coping side, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm
0: -hmm. So within the treatment setting, what would what would be this mechanism of change, right? That that you talk about within the work? Yeah. What takes someone from being overly OC into a place of
3: more freedom?
2: And more emotional connection, right? Right. This, yeah.
3: And, you know, this is one of the reasons that uh, Julie Kerr and I just fell in love with RODBT because we were already of this thinking and mm-hmm. and the key mechanism of change, I think, in our minds, maybe we weren't saying it this way, but we were, we were behaving as if this was our belief system prior. But the key mechanism of change mm-hmm. in RODBT is um, open expression equals trust equals connectedness, um, so that is so as to say, um, vulnerability leads to connectedness to true intimacy. Mm-hmm. When we share who we are, we feel more connected and close to others. And um, when you share who you are, you trust the person, right? I mean, what happens when you when you can tell someone's not try, quite telling you the truth, mm-hmm. right? You 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 lose trust and maybe you aren't as interested in connecting with them. Um, so when we share vulnerability, we're really communicating uh, uh, two, uh, two things. Mm-hmm. One is um, I trust you. So if I, say, if I share something that's dear to me that is vulnerable, I'm communicating, I'm social signaling to you that I trust you. Because mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't just share that with anybody, I would assume, especially if I'm over controlled, mm-hmm. right? Um, and um, I'm also communicating that we are the same. Mm-hmm. I also am fallible. And so vulnerability is a really powerful social signal and, um, leads to that trust and connectedness. And you can, you, I mean, you think about who, who are your friends? Why do you like your friends? You know, what is it about your friends that draws you to them? Is it that they are, you know, uh, coming back from Hawaii and have their, their, you know, second PhD or, (laughs) or what, you know, whatever Facebook kind of, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, um, wonderful Facebook kind of, uh. Presentation, social marketing presentation. You know, mm-hmm. what is it that we really like about our friends? Yeah. We love our friends yeah. because we share our four and yeah. our vulnerabilities. And they still love us mm-hmm. and they
2: accept us. In and the stuff, spirit yeah. of risk taking, mm-hmm. should we do a role play? Ooh, <laughs> 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 On the spot. On the spot. Yes, you should do a role play. What kind of My role heart play? started racing and I thought of that idea and I said, okay, I'm going for it. That's my, my risk taking oh. action. Oh, I like it. I like it. Um, The idea of having a conversation that Mm -hmm. doesn't isn't very open, that isn't there isn't a lot of open expression, and then one that would have more open expression.
3: Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. You want to try it?
1: Kind of one apping isn't that (laughs) one of the tools? That's
3: Match Plus One is one of the tools. Mm
1: -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Well, there's the
3: there's one that we use in RO. That's the lottery winning
0: situation. Oh, I love that one. Oh,
2: I don't know that one. Okay. We could do it. Well, that could do, do, it? do it. Yeah. You know it. Oh, I think oh, yeah. I know. I think yeah. I
0: know. So, this would be an example of a time when not only are you connecting through kind of shared expression of emotion, but it's also talking about the power of social signaling, which I don't think we've talked a ton mm-hmm. about yet. Mm-hmm. But I think you can probably imagine, and the listeners <laughs> can imagine too, after we do this. Yeah. Um, not just what our tone of voices will sound like, but also what our faces might look like, mm-hmm. even though. You all don't know what we look like. <laughs> but
3: this is voice tone only. Yes, yeah, so you can
0: imagine someone's face,
3: though, based off of their tone, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Great. So here's scene one. <laughs> <laughs> Here I come into the room. Carter, I just won the lottery wow. at 7 Eleven down the street. I just won <laughs> so, yeah, the lottery, like $50 million Powerball.
0: That's a lot. I know. Yeah.
3: I'm, I, what? I mean,
0: that's cool. What do you think you'll do, like, with the money? Uh. Oh, God, oh, God oh, I feel oh, so mean. sad. I know, that is really sad. Find it. a new audience. I am yeah. refusing a commercial connection. I know. Uh, My mom used there, to Carter. call that the
3: death stare.
0: Oh,
2: <laughs> Ooh. That's what Carter so, was giving Lexi, yeah. the yeah. death
3: stare. I was like, okay, I'm done with this conversation. That's I, I know, I was it's like, easy. I'm like, done. never mind. Yeah. Yep, you weren't so, the right audience. No. <laughs> okay, scene two. Okay, so scene two. Carter what I just won the lottery <gasps> oh my god don't scream too loud okay okay, okay. okay. but I just won the lottery oh, my, I'm not how even did, oh my gosh here. how did this happen at the Powerball down the street at 7-Eleven <gasps> the new Powerball yes. oh my god what yes. are you gonna do <laughs> I don't Even, no, I can do anything, whatever I want with my life. Oh, my God.
2: (laughs) Oh, the faces are great here. I know. The faces are
0: wide-eyed, mouth open, jaw dropping. Yes. Wow.
2: Mm. So quite different, right? Totally different. Yeah, that's funny. And here I was just thinking about me and Lexi connecting today over our weekends. (laughs) (laughs) What's lottery? I don't know. (laughs) We can do that too.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But it is—it's a really, I think, important example of the difference between how people can be connected if they are willing to be or mm-hmm. l- have learned how to be less controlled with their expression of emotion. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So if I am being incredibly inhibited, even if I love Lexi, I'm so excited for her, Whatever's going on with me, I might be so inhibited to actually express that and share that, that you probably would not want to be
3: friends with me. Yeah. <laughs> I all. mean, do I want to share that? hang out with you after your lack of excitement about my no. lottery? No, I'm not. I mean, <laughs> that doesn't. Yeah. No,
0: no. the opposite version, even if it's forced, like you can kind of change the way that your face looks, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So that would be social signaling, right?
3: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. How would you explain what that's about and why that's important? This social signaling. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. The power of social signaling. Um, So in over control, um, it tends to be, that tends to be one of the deficits, uh, social signaling. The person um, may actually have, may tend to have a flat face, And when a person has a flat affect or has kind of a neutral um, facial expression, how do we tend to feel? How do we tend to react to those anxious? Anxious. Yeah. We tend to, as humans, experience flat affect as threatening. Um, So the person...
0: Can can you explain that? Why would that be the case?
3: That's a good question. We don't know know what they're
0: thinking or feeling. Yes.
2: (laughs) Exactly. Something's going on in there, and I don't know what it is.
0: I would imagine that this has some sort of root, right? I know that it does, but I would love for you to to explain that a little bit. Yeah. Like, so, so if we don't know what's happening on someone's face, why do we respond like in fear or anxiety? Even yeah. if we can imagine, or maybe we could be compassionate, or their content of what they're
3: saying is fine. I, I would tend to say that if I think a lot of what Kara said is very true, right? We don't know what they're, we're, we don't know what they're, they're, what they're thinking or feeling. There's no communication of their inner world and therefore we don't know how to quite be with them. and that makes us anxious. Mm-hmm. And we certainly know about this feeling mm-hmm. as therapists, of folks who tend to be OC. But I think probably at the core as humans, when someone's flat, we're wondering, am I in their group or not? Mm-hmm. I'm not quite sure whether I belong with this person or not. And that's what's so threatening to us. I don't know whether they're okay mm-hmm. with me or not. I don't know if I'm okay with, mm-hmm. you know, there's a lot mm-hmm. more probably Questions. anxiety around belonging and mm-hmm. and our basic tribal nature is, is, um, more um, questioned when there's a flat affect right Mm
0: -hmm. and we need to figure out if we're in or out with
3: Mm -hmm. that person yeah because species survival depended on tribe in the past Mm -hmm. so we are we as humans are quite sensitive to whether or not we're Mm -hmm. in the tribe or not Mm -hmm. so we can pick out a a neutral or flat expression in a crowd quickly because Mm -hmm. our our life truly depended on it in the past Mm -hmm. we needed each other and we're better when Mm -hmm. together so
0: even with the silly, like, lotto, yeah. powerball mm-hmm. example, yeah, I wonder if you would start kind of wondering,
1: mm-hmm. is this person
0: going to steal my money? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Should I have said this? Yeah. yeah. They're out to get yeah, me in some way. Them. Yeah. I
2: have to say, though, with having two OC family members, it's, you're not totally screwed because that just requires some more communication. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm. Then it is, what are you thinking? What's going on? I can't tell. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But if someone's not doing that work, that person... Then, yeah, isn't probably getting
0: the reactions that they might want. Yes, so mm-hmm. they're feeling sad for some for some reason, and no one's coming up to ask why. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How are you doing? What's going totally. on? Yeah. Totally.
3: And how do you get person. to first know the person with OC so you know them right. now enough to know and probe? But maybe at the beginning you would say, right. "They don't. I don't think that they want to be my friend, or I don't know if mm-hmm. I want to be their friend because they're not much fun. They don't seem to be
2: mm-hmm.
3: expressive and right. indicating mm-hmm. who they are." And, Right. So
0: it's, I feel like I'm clear about what would be obviously threatening, like a flat effect. What would be warm and inviting to somebody, though?
3: Yeah. <laughs> it's a good <laughs> question, too. Right. So in RODBT, we talk about the big three plus one, which is a eyebrow wag or eyebrow flash. So having your eyebrows <laughs> up. Um, <laughs> try it. So listeners well, try yeah. it
2: sometimes. <laughs> Put, go to a mirror and put your eyebrows up and talk, and then put Purseys your eyebrows down. down yeah. and right See what you feel. <laughs> it makes a major difference. <laughs> yeah, try greeting
3: try greeting your friend with your eyebrows up and then try the same greeting them again with your eyebrows down. It's a profound difference Those eyebrows are really powerful mm-hmm. in terms of our signaling of cooperation with one another. Um, and then another part of the big three plus one is a deep breath. Which turns on, which in addition to the eyebrow wag or eyebrow eyebrow flash turns on our safety system, our um, our biology, our safety biology, and then a closed mouth smile, also. So big three plus one. That's the third, and then plus one is leaning back if you're sitting down. Mm. So you're if you are in a relaxed posture, this is signaling to your brain and your body that you're safe. Mm. And when we're safe we are interested in social connection. We're more inviting and open and mm-hmm. interested to, in connecting.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. So the half smile rather than a full
2: smile? <laughs>
0: well, we, you it, know, really eag- Instead of overly eager.
2: It's, it's wow, cooperative well, smile
3: hunting. in RODBT. <laughs> half smile is a yeah. it's casual. Yeah, cooperative. So, Julie's <laughs> doing it right
2: now. <laughs> but, yeah, Julie
3: has quite the big three plus one going on. <laughs>
0: <laughs> of course. <laughs> so, Julie, I have been thinking about how this all relates to food. Mm. I mean, there's obviously a, quite an introduction with that in terms of our clients. But, is. but for you to have gotten excited about RO from mm. the get-go, mm. being the nutrition director, um, what got you excited about kind of conceptualizing it in, in these mm. ways?
1: I think I think it comes back to a lot of the traits of somebody that's more overly controlled. And just seeing the easy parallel to where that goes in one's relationship with food and the mm-hmm. expression of it in the way that one makes rules about food or has a plan about food and a lot of the planning ahead. And I think uh, the hope to – there's there's another you know playfulness and kind of just loosening up mm-hmm. that comes along with the treatment modality of RDBT, And I just think that as a dietitian, having not had been introduced to this for years and been giving um, support and treatment as a dietitian – I that was so much of what I wanted for people to do was just yeah like not plan ahead like let's just go like it's okay Mm -hmm. it's gonna work out with food (laughs) we don't need to know all the facts on the back of the box and you don't need to know you don't have to have self-control around food like I just think it's okay be Mm -hmm. in the moment listen to your body so know yourself and trust yourself so I think yeah the the own in the internal personal relationship with one's body can kind of parallel this open openness that can lead to trust too Mm -hmm. so But I think the, yeah, especially those early character traits that Mm -hmm. kind of parallel so easily into the way people behave with food, it's exciting to have have that. And now, yeah, we're getting to be able to see that be, um, I guess, uh, clients be offered an environment around food at Opal that also can allow for them to learn to approach it differently. So Mm -hmm. we can talk more about that. But that's exciting, too, It's just to kind of see the ways that we can give them that opportunity. Mm -hmm. So.
0: That reminds me of um, this article. I always try to like sneak in with clients whenever I can. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you guys have watched Chef's Table or anything. Have you Have you guys heard of that show? Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: it's awesome. So it's you know these amazing chefs around the world kind of profiling each one. Um, there's one chef, um, the restaurant at the restaurant, Alinea. In Chicago, and there's a gourmet food review mm. about this restaurant that I I read it actually mm. in a food writing class long ago. i brought it to our clients sometimes, um, and it is it has no specifics really about the food whatsoever. It's just this like crazy writer talking about how freaking excited he was the entire time Mm. Mm -hmm. and how connecting it was Mm -hmm. and the Mm -hmm. social experience of being in this restaurant that's opening and every single bite is so amazing and you don't really know what the flavors are (laughs) but you know that he was like leaning over the other side of the table and he was Mm. talking everyone about it and he was Mm. sort of skeptical of the other restaurant goers in the group but suddenly they were all best friends Mm. because they're having the best time and It's obviously this very Mm -hmm. exaggerated display of Mm -hmm. being really playful and really open around food Mm -hmm. Um, and the social signaling, too, of course, Mm -hmm. around what it means to be connected and enjoying something together. Mm -hmm. And if that's not happening around food or if that's not Mm -hmm. happening around a table, and that's Mm -hmm. a place where we're all meant to show up three times a day in our lives Mm -hmm. in some capacity, whatever that looks
2: like for us then you're losing yeah. quite a lot. And how <laughs> attractive is that? Mm-hmm. How you're so drawn to that, right? Mm-hmm. People just enjoying the, being in their body, enjoying themselves.
1: Right. Right.
2: right. It's but it's totally also dynamic. really
1: scary to somebody that's really deep in living life as like no, really right. overly controlled. Mm-hmm. It's because very appealing, is, yeah, it's but appealing. it's scary.
2: It's scary because yeah. they're afraid of being out of control. And yes. again, the, like the flip side of yeah. being the yeah. person sitting on the couch, not doing anything. Right. Right.
0: And there's this huge body image piece to it as well, I would imagine, too, right? So uh, we talked about this a few weeks ago maybe, but um, this idea of, like, if you're so concerned about how your thighs are looking Mm -hmm. and you're controlling even the way that you're sitting so that your thighs Mm -hmm. are looking the best they can look Mm -hmm. or whatever, then what is that social signaling to the Mm -hmm. rest of the room if you're sitting there so rigidly? So you're, again, in in yet another way, being really kind of rigidly Mm – Social signaling signaling kind of a closeness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause you're mm-hmm. kind of feeling more that of the concern.
3: Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So the, the goal in, in OC, the goal of um, the goal of treatment is to not inhibit more. Like mm-hmm. check yourself, make check and recheck everything. That's not the goal, right? It's to to chill out. And like you're saying over um over meals, that's such a great example of just being in the moment rather than Focusing on all the details and the mm-hmm. and just being and, and not mm-hmm. taking life so seriously. Mm-hmm. You know, that's part of the work in R.O. Oh, yeah. is to is to to chill out and not take <laughs> not take life so seriously. It's yep. okay,
1: mm-hmm. and it is the food and time with food is one of those opportunities. I mm-hmm. think of that. Right. Just being able to give clients the opportunity to do that again with people in a casual way mm-hmm. and not have food be a barrier because it literally is another barrier for people that are struggling with an eating disorder that are overly controlled in a social environment. The food is a barrier to connection mm-hmm. um, because they're struggling with so much thinking. Yeah. And, you know, so mm-hmm. to be able to let that not be a barrier and maybe them also work on these other social signals and other mm-hmm. things, but also that food just wouldn't be as stressful to them is really mm-hmm. hopeful to me. Mm-hmm.
0: You
2: know? And mm-hmm. I think, again, of how relevant that is for all everyone, all the listeners. Mm-hmm. So that's not just for people with eating disorders. No. no. A lot of people are preoccupied with food. Right. with food. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I think the, I mean, this would be probably a whole other podcast, but it's also the, you know, especially for the general population, how there's there is definitely a tendency now towards finding ways to connect around food in a certain way. You might eat food in the certain, yeah. And that in of itself is supposed to be connective, but then how that can lead to more of these steps of thinking and yes. keep you from being able to connect with a wide variety of people yeah. or um, just be able to be spontaneous in your connection also mm-hmm. if you're so yes I don't
2: narrow. know about you but some of those conversations I just think are some of those boring boring boring, yeah. boring what, food conversations? conversations yeah unless we're talking about pleasure and like ah, that's the you are like sharing ideas for restaurants or some pleasurable aspect mm-hmm. of it but just to Talk about, Talk about it at nauseum is so freaking boring.
3: <laughs> Julie, yeah. the dietitians, is like, that's what I do yeah. all the time.
1: <laughs> well, and there is, yes, yes, and it does get very boring, but I also find the, the finding ways for people to have the openness to, like, the playfulness and just yeah. letting go like you ate teriyaki. It's wonderful. It yeah. sounds great. It sounds great. Yes. Yeah. You, and, yeah, right. some people can find themselves so obsessive with how they did it or how much right. or where and mm-hmm. what they – yeah, mm-hmm. and it just – I'm like, Mm -hmm. sounds great. I don't think there's a right way to eat teriyaki. (laughs) And that goes,
0: yeah, that goes right back to the idea that if you're looking for the right way to do something and to plan Mm -hmm. it and to make sure that it's okay and good and you're thinking black and white and there's a good food and a bad food and a right time to eat it and a wrong time to Mm. eat it, et cetera, then those are the only values you get to hold up in your life, Mm -hmm. whereas RODBT is also suggesting that there are other values to start pursuing and we're suggesting mm-hmm. in all these different areas at Opal yeah. that there are other values that you should mm-hmm. hold above whether or not you mm-hmm. picked the right thing for your lunch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That, like, did you have a good time? Were you relaxed? Mm-hmm. Were you connected? Were you yeah. getting to be
1: playful? Did you try mm-hmm. something new? Et cetera. Mm-hmm. So less about what did you eat today? Mm-hmm. The actual nutrient content and what that may right. or may right. not <laughs> do to your body size or your health. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. What about yeah. what, what is it going to do to your heart? yeah or in
0: spirit
3: and in ro we're 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 interested in um we come with humility and say you know what is it that you want to get out of your life what is what mm. is it and maybe so it, if so what if somebody that is what they're after is they want to get that's their thing is getting really into their food and mm. if, is that okay with them you know mm-hmm. so we're, we're really asking those questions of the person whether or not that's really the life they want to live and if not then We've got this treatment that they can try out. Mm-hmm. And I love RO too because when we don't focus so much on food, it's a it's an indirect way at getting at the the kind of the underpinnings of, mm-hmm. of eating disorders with over control. The emotional so, loneliness, primarily. Yeah, the emotional yeah. loneliness and the oh, oh, inhibition. Mm-hmm.
0: So what would some of the other like actual direct avenues into that be within the RO structure?
3: Within Class. the RO structure treatment, with yeah. with um regarding food in particular. No, I'm or just like, general?
0: like um the emotional load art is. of non nonproductivity oh, yeah. and novelty, yeah. et cetera. That's actually part of the treatment,
3: yeah. these things. Right. So if you're um if you're on the over controlled side, um productivity is kind of the name of the game. Efficiency. <laughs> <laughs> We're all laughing because <laughs> I know I'm over controlled, so I can um laugh at that yeah mm-hmm. the name of the game is a lot of lists and uh, you know efficiency <laughs> and so relaxing and having non-productive time can be challenging for the for the OC individual so part of the work in RODbt is um, is thinking about the art of non-productivity. Um, mm-hmm. and I'm thinking about Friday at Opal and how much fun mm-hmm. it was to do the karaoke day yes. oh, so uh, great. such mm-hmm. a such a breath of fresh yeah. air when you see the clients kind of loosen up for even, mm-hmm. even if it's 30 seconds, you know, one of the mm-hmm. clients, I could still have the image of her mm-hmm. face for 30 seconds mm-hmm. loosening oh. up. And I think maybe forgetting about all of the mm-hmm. details of life, but just mm-hmm. being in the moment and mm-hmm. how wonderful that was. So,
1: mm-hmm. yeah. I always think too, that you all will usually find a time to throw in a spa day. So yeah. a time to just sit and pamper mm-hmm. and um, mm-hmm. for maybe an hour, hour and a half. Right. And that also is pushes clients that are thinking this is not a useful thing, <laughs> right? This isn't yeah. treatment. This isn't yeah. yeah. treatment. This, right. is, this isn't working hard. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Right.
0: or for other clients, and definitely, I was like this at one point as well. Um, that can be an opportunity to figure out how to maximize your self care mm. and maximize <laughs> totally. your downtime. Oh. so oh my gosh! I mean, even think about it, like what if you went to actually get a manicure somewhere and you didn't like the color or you like didn't like the experience or the vibe was wrong or the person was annoying and they were talking to you like the amount of in- the amount of anxiety that might come up because mm. it didn't go perfectly would be really high mm-hmm. so it's not just about let's yeah. make sure you get that manicure in or let's make sure you get that like perfect timed nap with deep REM sleep or whatever it's okay what what mm. happens if your non-productive time is truly that actually mm-hmm. non-productive yeah and yeah. is yeah. that okay mm-hmm. is it okay yeah. for even the self-care to sort of be lackluster some days too yeah um, right um can yeah. we just sit and stare at a wall too you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, the dishes sit
1: there dirty
2: yeah Mm. Julia, you want to share a story?
1: I just was thinking of myself this weekend (laughs) when I was sitting on the couch We have lots of stories we can share, right? (laughs) Of ourselves. Like what? Oh, just sitting looking at dirty dishes. (laughs) 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 Trying really hard to be unproductive. (laughs) Trying hard. I love that. Trying hard to be nonproductive.
3: Mm -hmm. I can yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I have to – I think I'm learning. I'm pretty UC, just talking mm-hmm. it out more and more. <laughs> I love just lying there and sitting and thinking and have a really hard time figuring out how to be productive. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Artist.
1: The artist the strand artist makes type. me think. Yeah. A little more but UC. I would be
0: a better artist if I was actually more OC, right? Because uh-huh. <laughs> a UC client doesn't do it. Yeah, or UC. Excuse me, UC artist doesn't necessarily make do the art. Stuff. <laughs> right? Yeah. Doesn't do.
2: So art. You gotta do it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you gotta like have. A, you have to care about finishing it. And I'm more process oriented, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm.
1: Mm. Well, Playfulness? one what about Playfulness. What about? What, about I don't know, what you're gonna go? Where are you gonna go? Well, Let's I was.
3: See. I was thinking. It, it's kind of one of the thing. Another thing I love about RO is. The definition of psychological health. Mm. And that's so applicable yeah. Yeah. Um, to most, to all humans, really. Mm-hmm. Um, and We're I, all trying to figure out what well, is well. Yeah, is right. Well? Yeah. And I, I like, um, I'm not, kind of not focusing on the problem, but maybe where you want to go, mm-hmm. where you want to be. Um, mm-hmm. And the definition of psychological health in RO is, um, is, there are three main ways of thinking about health. Um, in RO, and one of them, the first one is receptivity and openness. Um, and this is where you receive new information from the environment, from others. Um, it could be disconfirming feedback. Um, and you, in so doing, allow for learning. So you're taking in, so this is the moment, this is the part of health where you take in new information, you allow it to resonate or to hit you.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, and in the second, The second part of psychological health is flexible control. And this is where you take the information you received and adapt to the environment. So you take in the new information and you make changes in line with the new information you received. So you're changing, you're adapting to the new circumstances. Um, And and, then think about what would happen if you, A don't receive the new information based Mm -hmm. on the environment so you're getting Mm -hmm. information something's not working but you're not taking it in and then second if you did receive the information and you chose to to devalue it or minimize that new information and therefore didn't make changes to adapt to that new information what that would mean for your Mm -hmm. life so you can see how this is a big part of um, health Mm -hmm. psychologically and then the third element of psychological health is intimacy and, and social connectedness. And the research really shows that you don't need a bunch of people who Mm -hmm. you are super close to, right? You really just need, um, at least one person who you're intimate with and who knows you, who, who knows who, you know, will self-sacrifice for you, um, without expecting something in return. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's not about having hundreds of Facebook friends, right? This is about having somebody you have true connectedness with and who would be there for you if you needed them.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that definition. Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: I wonder what would change if, if this was the definition that most people were working from. I mm-hmm. know, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah.
3: Yeah. And what's not on that definition, right? I mean, happiness. Is when mm. a lot of right, yes. a lot of us, yes, um, Americans, humans are seeking happiness. Or how about the absence of anxiety, right? Right. Maybe you're maybe you're looking for, yeah, no sadness, no anxiety, and that would mean you're healthy. And notice that that's not part of the definition here. I mean, mm-hmm. in RODBT, we don't we don't make the assumption that you're gonna be anxiety and. Mm depression and sadness-free. Free. Mm-hmm. In fact, who is anxious today as we do this podcast, right? <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. I feel, I certainly mm-hmm. feel, come with some anxiety. So I don't, I don't think that I'm unhealthy in this moment because I'm feeling anxious, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um. I. I think I, you know, a lot of emotions are part of life and we can learn from, it. and that's one of the key elements here you can hear is it RODBT is about learning from our emotion, learning from our dysregulation, mm-hmm. growing from the information we receive. Mm-hmm.
0: So that would definitely, again, require some willingness to be dysregulated. Right. right? Yeah. So if you're assuming constantly that you need to be kind of tampering all of that down, mm-hmm. pulling yourself up by the bootstraps, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You don't get the opportunity to learn something from Mm -hmm. yourself, from your own self, or maybe even
2: from the feedback Mm -hmm. that you'd get
0: from other people
2: in those moments. Yes. Yeah. And I was just thinking about lots of clients come to mind of what would prevent them. And I think one of the common things that I can hear is that my emotions will actually kill me. If I Mm -hmm. let my, if I actually let express my emotions, the negative, more the negative affect. Um, it will never end, and I can't I basically can't handle feeling all those feelings and mm-hmm. I will literally die from them. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's so there can be so much fear around sadness and anger and fear mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah and
0: that makes that makes perfect sense in some ways if you think about the idea of like the emotion killing the killing you. Mm-hmm. If you take that a little bit less, Concretely, it might actually kind of kill the way that you are living your life. Mm-hmm. If your life is structured to make sure that there's no emotion, right? Then yeah, things could start falling apart. Yeah, and I don't, I don't think shell that there's of a person a lo- kind of feeling right. Feel, I mean, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you could yeah. become a shell of a person, and and yet also if you have a life that is maybe um, designed around the idea that you need to be well put together and planned out and Mm -hmm. on it and all these OC traits right if those things are overvalued then yeah it is kind of the
2: death of yeah you can't be a full person right
0: right and it could I mean it would kill that version of
2: you but that maybe could be good good. Mm -hmm. that could be really good going back to social connectedness no one is connected to a trophy no Mm. no Mm -hmm. I mean the whole pedestaling thing that happens a lot with it it's I think this one's interesting I know I've I've had that experience quite a bit where people pedestaled me or especially our staff. That happens often of um, just kind of seeing, yeah, dehumanizing in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I look for ways to out myself <laughs> to, get, <laughs> to get off that pedestal <laughs> and out myself of the ways that I feel sadness a lot and anger a lot. And fear and because it's it's not true that those, it, those exist in everyone. We're created with all those emotions. Mm-hmm. And it is really lonely if you're not expressing them.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You also might not have a life that matches you. Right. Right. So to actually maybe have some of those emotions and learn from them and be in a mm-hmm. process of exploration, you might make some different decisions that actually reflect more of who you are rather than simply – other expectations, external things being kind of the defining factor. Mm
3: -hmm. And it's interesting, Kara, as I, as I listen to you Mm -hmm. share that, I feel so drawn to you. And that's, and, Mm -hmm. and of course I know that I am already very (laughs) resonant with, with that part Mm -hmm. of you, but it's such a great example of you being vulnerable Mm -hmm. and then feeling, um, such connection and, Mm -hmm. you you know, your humanness comes through. And I, Mm I, um, yeah, that feeling of, I want to be closer to you mm. <laughs> versus, you know, having a pedestal situation totally. where you don't, Yeah, you know, where, you know, you don't, you're not really connecting. Totally. You know? To the
2: earlier example, I could have walked into work this week or today and this morning and Lexi was like, how was your weekend? I could have said, oh, I was fine. You know, we did this, that and the other. It was great. Yeah. But instead, I was like, no, <laughs> I had a really intense weekend for this, this, and this, yeah. and this. And then yeah. she tells me about how her weekend was yeah. for real, for in real terms. Right. And guess what? That was a lot more connecting. Right. Mm-hmm. A little less lonely today. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah.
3: yeah. Yeah. Well, um, one point I, I want to make, because we were talking about dysregulation Yeah. and um, how— if you don't allow yourself to be dysregulated, you don't maybe challenge some basic assumptions mm-hmm. that you would have otherwise. If you're always controlling your emotion, and um, one of the one of the key parts of, of RO is is self inquiry, mm. which is all about um, moving towards dysregulation in order to learn. And so it's 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 instead of this idea that difficult emotion should be avoided and controlled and you know put in a box. The idea is it turns it on its head and says, you know what? There's so much that could be learned. There's so much growth in the approach of this emotion, of this difficulty. What can I learn from these difficult Mm -hmm. emotions? What do I not yet understand about myself Mm -hmm. that um, I might learn if I dive in and Mm -hmm. take a look at this?
0: And self-inquiry specifically isn't just like trying to figure yourself out. It's not just like the self-help version of looking at yourself
3: it's something pretty specific isn't it right right it's you're not you're you're looking for a good question Mm. that gets you at your edge the the part of you that um, is meeting the unknown Mm. what you don't yet understand about yourself so you're really you're searching for a question that can kind of that takes you there Mm -hmm. and that maybe you can revisit in the future um, versus finding an answer Mm -hmm. This is not self-inquiry isn't about finding an answer. It's about finding, finding growth, uh, getting curious and coming with a good question, coming up with a good question. Mm -hmm. And in RO, we do um, short self-inquiry practices. Three to five minutes is what we say, because a person who's OC will, for the Mm -hmm. reasons that Kara was saying, you know, it's, it's intense to go. It's, it's, Mm -hmm. it's painful Mm -hmm. um, to go to our difficult emotions. And so in, in our we, we, you know, we try to make it, um, make it a place that you would want to return. Mm -hmm. Um, and therefore, you know, it's okay to just go for a little while and see how, see what you learn and then come back to it later. Mm -hmm. Um, so.
2: I'm even wondering as, as you listeners are hearing this, what, if if it makes you feel anxious thinking about some of the stuff we're talking about or what Mm -hmm. I'm thinking about that as Lexi's um, sharing about mm-hmm. this mm-hmm. Um, treatment of just what what comes up for you as you're hearing it. Mm-hmm.
1: And it, self-inquiry can be also done in community, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's not just an isolated thing mm-hmm. that you're in your head asking yourself mm-hmm. these questions and trying oh, to good. come up with questions. Yeah. Maybe you want to speak to
3: them. Yeah, good point. So it's often, um, you, can, you can find a, a good self-inquiry um, mm-hmm. partner um, and we do self-inquiry at OPAL and different consults. Um, but it, it's really helpful when you have Uh, a buddy with you in it because they can help you they can ask you questions that you might not ask yourself Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. um you can certainly do it on your own through journaling or just through thought but certainly i know that i've gone to places i wouldn't otherwise have gone when i when i do self-inquiry with someone else Mm -hmm. they you know when you're dysregulated and in 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 your suffering it's hard to push yourself to go where you don't want to go. Mm-hmm. And that's an effectively what you're doing in totally. self-inquiry. You're going, you know, where, where you don't want to go. And so mm-hmm. sometimes you need a, mm-hmm. need a, a, a friend, a peer to, to take you there and mm-hmm. to help take you there.
1: I was, uh, my observation too, has been in observing it and being a participant in it too, is that, you know, kind of the question that comes is, somebody might be sharing something that's kind of reflective about this place where they had a lot of energy around something. Um, and they're kind of going in one direction, but there's a point when they're sharing and there's this <laughs> tears maybe coming to the surface or some flushed skin or maybe shuffling in their chair. That's like discomfort. And with that, um, but they don't stop there and they keep going. So then the person that maybe is the partner in self-inquiry may ask that question like, hey, wait, there was that one moment mm-hmm. <laughs> that you were tearful and you were talking about this. Do you want to go? Is there something about that yeah. that you want to expand on? So yeah. I just mm-hmm. think that's a, yeah, it's a good Good question.
3: So we often uh, will you know, ask the question: Are you moving away from your mm-hmm. edge or closer to your edge, or moving mm-hmm. away from your dysregulation? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and as a peer doing uh, self-inquiry with our our friend, um, it can be hard to mm-hmm. to allow to allow them to be in there. You know, to mm-hmm. not validate or pull them out or regulate them in some way. It's so a part of the work as the as the listener um, is to. It's actually out of kindness, out of kindness, Mm -hmm. helping them move towards their dysregulation because the belief is that they will learn and Mm -hmm. they'll grow as a person. So it's actually quite kind Mm -hmm. to move a person towards their dysregulation.
2: Mm -hmm. I can imagine that some listeners might think, well, I don't know if I have a friend that would Mm -hmm. receive that or uh, can I really do this with a friend? Would they take me seriously? How would they respond to me? And I guess just to encourage, enc- send an encouragement too, is that I think a lot of people are desiring to be more honest mm-hmm. and connect to friends about the harder stuff. And even though you might not know if your friend um, is open to it, I think it's worth taking that risk because mm-hmm. we see that all the time at Opal that sometimes people hold back because they're afraid no one's going to receive it and then come to find out that there's so many people that can reflect a similar experience.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. It definitely brings people also into this sort of like gray area with themselves and in their relationships where there's constantly risk. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was just thinking about how we're with people kind of all day that are in that space in that season of their mm-hmm. lives where they're kind of in mm-hmm. that all day for maybe mm-hmm. months at a time um, or at least moving toward it mm-hmm. all day for months right. at a time. And it sounds like such a rich potentially rich um, vulnerable place to be in where they start finding connection with other people mm-hmm. and with themselves for the first time because right. they're they're allowing themselves to be there right. to be constantly asking questions and and we're urging them toward more questions mm. constantly <laughs> totally. more questions almost never answering right. anything right. for them right. um, mm. which I think probably is something that can be appreciated mm. for anyone that there aren't many, Easy answers in our lives and to be constantly maybe reflecting more out of a place of openness, holding a question Mm -hmm. in the palm of your hand and looking at it for months or years at Mm -hmm. a time can be actually more of what life Mm -hmm. genuinely looks like Mm -hmm. rather Mm -hmm. than kind of this idea that Mm -hmm. it should just be, you know. Easily solvable.
2: Right. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. they experience connection usually. And then they go through that question of, well, this is the opal bubble. <laughs> and so the, these are the, these are the, I can do that with these people because we're more similar and all the staff are therapists. So therapists <laughs> are good at that, but I can't do that in my outside world. Right. Yeah. How would you guys speak to that,
1: Julie? Do you have I any think, thoughts on that? Well, the one thing I think of is it's like Carter's saying, it, we are at the environment of Opal that we're we're surrounded by it. So yes, there's a lot of therapists and there's individuals who are in a place in their life that they're trying to Mm -hmm. look at things and want to learn and grow. Um, And I do think like somebody who's working in their day-to-day job that they've been in or an environment that's not as emotionally available or emotionally focused, how do you get there? Like what's the leap, right? So you're done with your day of work and you want to be able to, yeah, you want to grow in this way. What's the next step? You know? Um, So I just, I think that that's, People desire it, I think, at the moment, but it's like what's the things that will help people get there? It could be the right person that's gonna write the right ask questions, or maybe it's environmentally the right journal and the right pen in the right place, (laughs) Mm -hmm. but I don't know. I just think it's a big transition, I think, for people that aren't in an environment or a career that really orients people towards this. And I would say people that maybe are more OC are gonna be probably drawn away into environments that could be more, I mean, maybe they have that. I don't know. Does I just think of like careers that have people mm-hmm. with more of these traits. I could say some, but I don't want to name stereotypes. Um, so I just think, but jumping from that kind of job into this right. work is very different. Mm-hmm. Right. So, that's what And comes it makes to me mind. think of like
2: the how is your day question. I mean, that's such a simple <laughs> yeah. question that gets asked a lot by people. Yeah. How's your yeah. day? And it doesn't yeah. mean you have to then open up your whole life story. Mm-hmm. It could be one step of just saying, mm-hmm. Not just it was fine. It's fine, <laughs> but maybe adding a sentence or two. yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, that
3: open expression is context dependent. so right. it's it's, mm. the, it's who it's the person. It's not. so RO is not saying like just share all the time yeah. everywhere with everyone. Right. yeah, right We're, this is definitely context mm. dependent. So is it the right person at the right place? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah mm. the right context, yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: but man, it's worth risk. I think gosh, I just get so excited about how much it's worth risking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. to make take little steps yeah mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. well I think that we should end here um, it's it's really fun to kind of like see all these different threads mm-hmm. kind of go off in these different directions talking about relationship and talking about food and talking about temperament I think we're going to have
2: I don't know some really fun conversations together yes mm-hmm. and this isn't going to be the last one on RO no, no.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it'll be it'll be little seeds everywhere mm-hmm. yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. okay thanks thanks, thanks. Thanks so much for joining us in this conversation around radically open dialectical behavioral therapy. And thanks, of course, to Dr. Thomas Lynch for his work and creation of this modality. Thank you to Jack Straw Cultural Center for sound engineering, to Aaron Davidson for The Appetite's music, and to Opal Sarah Taylor for production assistance and editing. You can find more episodes of The Appetite on iTunes, and you can subscribe there as well. If you want to learn more about Opal, find us at opalfoodandbody.com or connect with us on Facebook and Twitter. See you next time.